was made so uncomfortable by her parents, she contrived daily excuses to avoid being with them. In their reduced family, they were too exposed to one another. The child saw them, Richard feared, more clearly than he and Joan saw themselves. Now, using their freedom from parenting, he suggested, as in college, when they were courting, he might have suggested that they leave the library and go to a movie, let's follow him. The policeman was a receding blue dot. Let's, Joan agreed, standing promptly, sand raining from her, the gay alacrity of her acceptance perhaps forced, but the lustrous volume of her body, and her gait beside his, which he unthinkingly matched, and the weight of warm sun on his shoulders as they walked real enough, real enough, Richard thought, for now. The bathing-suited section thinned behind them. As they turned the point, they saw naked bodies, freckled redheads with slack and milky bellies, swart brunettes standing upright as if to hold their nut-hard faces closer to the sun, sleeping men, their testicles like dropped fruit slowly rotting, a row of buttocks like the scallop on a doily, a bearded man doing yoga on his head, the fork of his legs appearing to implore the sky. Among these Beauchene apparitions, the policeman moved gently, cumbersome in his belt and gun, whispering, nearly touching the naked listeners, who nodded and began, singly and in groups, to put on their clothes. The couple who had trespassed, inviting this counter-invasion, could not be distinguished from the numerous naked others. All were being punished. Joan went up to a trio, two boys and a girl, as they struggled into their worn jeans, their widths of leather and sleeveless vests, their sandals and strange soft hats. She asked them, Are you being kicked off? The boys straightened and gazed at her, her conservative bikini, her pleasant plumpness, her sympathetic smile, and said nothing. The penis of one boy, Richard noticed, hung heavy a few inches from her hand. Joan turned and returned to her husband's side. What did they tell you? he asked. Nothing. They just stared at me, like I was a nincompoop. There have been two revolutions in the last ten years, he told her. One, women learned to say fuck. Two, the oppressed learned to despise their sympathizers. He added, or maybe they just resented being approached when they were putting on their pants. It's a touchy moment for males. The nudists, paradoxically, brought more clothing to the beach than the bourgeoisie. They distinguished themselves walking up the beach to the point by being dressed head to toe in denim and felt as if they had strolled straight from the urban core of the counterculture. Now, as the young cop moved among them like a sorrowing angel, they bent and huddled in the obsequious poses of redressing. My God, Joan said, it's Masacho's expulsion from paradise. And Richard felt her heart in the fatty casing of her body plump up, pleased with this link, satisfied to have demonstrated once again to herself the relevance of a humanistic education to modern experience. All that afternoon, as, returned from the beach, he pushed a bulky lawnmower through the wiry grass around their rented house, Richard thought about nakedness. He thought of Adam and Eve. Who told thee that thou wast naked? And of Noah beheld naked by Ham, and of Susanna and the elders. He thought of himself as a child having a sunbath on the second-story porch with his mother, who had been, in her provincial way, an avant-gardist, a health faddist. Yellow jackets would come visit, the porch was so warm. An hour seemed forever. His embarrassment penetrated and stretched every minute. His mother's skin was a pale landscape on the rim of his vision.
He didn't look at it any more than he bothered to look at the hills enclosing their little West Virginia town, which he assumed he would never leave. He recalled a remark of Rodin's, that a woman undressing was like the sun piercing through clouds. The afternoon's gathering cloudiness slid shadows across the lawn, burnishing the wiry grass. He had once loved a woman who had slept beside a mirror. In her bed the first time, he glanced to his right and was startled to see them both reflected naked. His legs and hers looked prodigiously long, parallel. She must have felt his attention leave her, for she turned her head, duplicated in the mirror, her face appeared beneath the duplicate of his. The mirror was an arm's length from the bed. What fascinated him in it was not her body, but his own. Its length, its glow, its hair, its parallel toes so marvelously removed from his small, startled, sheepish head. There had been, he remembered, a noise downstairs. Their eyes had widened into one another's.